0: Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson.
1: That's the devil. He doesn't want you to talk about Jesus. He doesn't want you to share with anybody because he knows that the gospel itself is the power. Just a little tiny seed of the gospel dropping on the heart of a person, that can be the end for him. He's lost them. So he wants to silence us. We have got to proclaim the gospel. These are the spiritual weapons that God has given to us. Today on
0: Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Ephesians. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 10 through 13, in a message titled, Spiritual Warfare. Now, here's Pastor Brian.
1: Now, of course, Persia was a nation. There was an actual prince, a king that ruled over uh, Persia, but that's not who the angel was referring to. He's referring to the spiritual power that was controlling the prince of Persia. Just like those princes of Persia today, those Ayatollahs, those guys over there who are promoting chaos and terrorism all around the world, these, these guys are just puppets they're being manipulated through these principalities and powers. But again, the point there is Daniel shows us that the moment he began to pray, the angel tells him, I was sent to come to you, but there was resistance. But it was his continued prayer, those 21 days of prayer that contributed to the, the... pushing back of that resistance or the breaking of that resistance so the angel could come and bring the message. And so it is true with us today. We must pray. We must pray. We look at all of the crazy stuff going on around us. And don't you feel helpless so often? Don't you just look at everything? and think, God, What can we do? Doesn't seem like any of the things that we thought might, we might be able to do are, are really helping. And so we have to pray, we have to seek God in prayer. Somebody gave me this, somebody handed me this card after first service with a quote from Elizabeth Elliot on it. It's a good one, so I'll, I'll use it. She said this, Elizabeth Elliot was the wife of Jim Elliot. They were the ones who went to uh, South America to evangelize the, the Alka people and uh, Jim and some friends were martyred in 1956. Elizabeth wrote this, she said, prayer is very hard work, but I am convinced that it is the most important work that we can do for God, yet it is the most neglected. It is neglected. Prayer is hard work. And you know one of the hard things about prayer? The devil does not want you to pray. So when you determine to pray, guess what he does? He determines to prevent you from praying. However, he can do it through dis- simple distractions, through just, you know, things that will suddenly come up. I, I, for myself, I can get up early in the morning. I am wide awake. I'm ready to go. And I'll start to pray. And man, all I want to do is get back in bed <laughs> and go back to sleep because, oh, I'm just suddenly so tired. The, those kinds of things. But there's there's fierce resistance from the enemy in regard to prayer because he knows. No, don't let Christians pray. I'm sure that's part of his instruction to his minions. Don't let them pray, whatever you're doing. Keep them from prayer because prayer brings the enemy's plans to nothing. And so we must pray. Thirdly, another weapon is holy living. Living a righteous life, you see, that goes a long ways in a number of areas. Holy living silences the adversary. Now, you know, one of the things the devil does is he slanders God's people, and we we know it. We hear it today. Uh, what's the stereotype of Christians in the culture? Uh, they're hypocrites. They're judgmental bigots. You know, all of this kind of stuff, right? I mean, this is commonly heard out in the wider wider culture about Christians. And whenever a Christian leader falls, you know, does something wrong, sinful, or whatever, the media is there immediately to capitalize on it and to point out again the, the hypocrisy and so forth that's taking place. Well, one of the ways that we can eliminate that is by living a godly life, living the way we are called by God to live. And a holy life can cause the unbeliever or even the skeptic to reconsider their position. You see, the skeptic builds his, his position on, partially on, oh, well, that's Christ- Christianity's nothing, all Christians are hypocrites. But then what happens, a skeptic meets a Christian who's not a hypocrite at all, who's actually very sincere and very godly and very, you know, uh, from the human standpoint, a very good person. And suddenly that person has to start rethinking their position. So it's living that holy life, living according to God's word, that will make a difference. Holy living also increases the power of the Spirit in our lives. Peter stated that God has given the Holy Spirit to those who obey him. So as we're living the way God wants us to live, as we're being... Uh, obedient to his word this is actually increasing the power of the spirit in our life and holy living also protects us from the constant attempts of satan to neutralize us through condemnations see one of the things that happens so frequently is that we because of our sin when we sin the devil comes along and he just says right there you go see look you're just a loser you're such a sinner. You're not really a Christian, or if, even if you are, you're a terrible one, so don't tell anybody. And don't think that you could be used by God. God's never going to use you. And he, through condemnation that he's able to foist upon us because of our own disobedience, he then neutralizes us. But you see, the remedy to that is Let's, let's live godly lives. We can live godly lives. God's empowered us to do that. He's given us his spirit. The whole New Testament tells us that in a variety of different ways. So holy living is going to be another one of the things, the spiritual weapons that we use. Now, now, none of these are in any order of priority. I'm just you know, mentioning them. And I come now to the last one here. And I say that because I want to talk now about the, the proclamation of the gospel. So this is certainly is not last. If anything, this is, this is probably first. But the proclamation of the gospel, the way God beats back the forces of darkness is by bringing in the light, by bringing in the gospel itself. This is exactly the picture that we have in the New Testament. What did Jesus do when he came He came and he just proclaimed the gospel. And the gospel itself has the power to defeat Satan. Because what's Satan doing? He's holding people captive. And not only is he holding them captive, he is using them in his service. What does the gospel do? The gospel frees a person from that captivity and makes them a servant of God rather than a servant of Satan. So it's the proclamation of the gospel. Jesus, his remedy for the problem was go into the world and preach the gospel to everybody. When Jesus commissioned Paul on the road to Damascus, remember he apprehended Paul, Saul of Tarsus at the time, and he commissioned him to go. Later in life, Paul would retell that story. And this is what he said to Agrippa. He said that Jesus sent him to the Gentiles with the gospel to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to the power of God. We have got to get the gospel out. The word of God is living and powerful. The gospel is the power of God to salvation. The gospel breaks through the confusion and the moral and spiritual darkness and opens the blind eyes. And listen, one of the devil's greatest tactics and, and one of his most desired thing things that, that he wants to accomplish is to silence the gospel, to prevent the gospel from going out. Now think of the places where where Satan really holds sway over, over entire cultures in places where you have like Islam, for example, you have a dominant religion that controls the culture. Saudi Arabia, you cannot publicly be seen with a Bible, with the New Testament. You cannot publicly go out and share the gospel. It's against the law. And this is true in many Islamic nations, but there's also, uh, you can find other places where you have a similar kind of a thing. Islam is the most obvious example of that. So here's Satan, he's got, this is like the ideal situation. This is the best possible scenario for him. You just, from the top, from the king, it's mandated, no Bible, no gospel. It's not gonna happen in our region. And, of course, that's exactly what the communists did as well. And we're seeing that as, as governments move further and further away from any kind of a biblical worldview, that's exactly what happens. They, they don't want this message. But why would they be afraid of this message? Well, they don't know. Because it's not directly them. It's indirectly them. Behind them, it's the devil, because the devil knows. The devil knows that the gospel is the thing that will defeat him. He knows that those captives of his will be set free when the gospel comes to them. So he wants to shut our mouths. He wants to silence the gospel from going out. So what do we have to do? We've got to just refuse to, to not comply with him. We have to just keep proclaiming the gospel. And I pray often, honestly, for those guys in those places, Saudi Arabia, Iran, different places like that, for the believers. I, I honestly pray, Lord, give them apostolic boldness. Because that's exactly what the Jewish leaders told the apostles in the early days, right? Don't, speak in this man's name. Don't spread this message. If you do this, we're going to put you in jail. We're going to beat you. And that's exactly what they did. But what did the apostles do? They said, we've got to obey God rather than men. And if you beat us, you beat us. And if you kill us, you kill us. And I think of these men and women in these countries, how do we pray for them? Pray for apostolic boldness. That God will give them the boldness to say, you know, even if you kill me, I am not going to shut up. I'm going to proclaim this word because I've got to obey God rather than man. And so this is, a, this is what the devil does because he knows that the gospel is going to bring down his empire. And so he hates the gospel and he does everything he can to keep it from being proclaimed, and he's working in so many different ways. But we know even personally how that happens, don't we? Where we find ourselves in in a situation where we have an opportunity to share the gospel, and suddenly we just go dumb. We we don't even, you know, what do I say? Our minds go blank. Wait, what what do I believe? I, I can't even remember right now. Or we suddenly get intimidated. You know, maybe like Peter, that big burly fisherman with a little servant girl going, aren't you a disciple of Jesus? Heck no, I don't even know who you're talking about. What was that all about? Well, that was Satan. Striking fear in Peter. And that same kind of thing happens with us, doesn't it? But listen, when that happens, know that this is what's going on. That's the devil. He doesn't want you to talk about Jesus. He doesn't want you to share with anybody. Because he knows that the gospel itself is the power. Just a little tiny seed of the gospel dropping on the heart of a person, that can be the end for him. He's lost them. So he wants to silence us. We have got to proclaim the gospel. These are the spiritual weapons that God has given to us. You know, we look at our world, we look at our culture that's just going berserk, and we think, Lord, what can we do? We've got to get the gospel to people. And listen, don't be fooled into thinking that people don't want to hear it. Don't be fooled into thinking that, oh, it's not going to do any good. They're not going to pay any attention. They're not going to listen. No, people are still open. People will listen. Most people have never really heard the gospel itself. That's the problem. People have heard, of course, they know about Christianity. And of course, they know a little bit about Jesus. They've heard his name, obviously. And his son, he's a son of God, died on a cross. You know, Most people have heard that. But believe it or not, there are still people in our own communities who have never heard that message. Some people have never heard of Jesus even, even in our own nation. It's true. You see, sometimes we operate on the assumption that, oh, everybody's heard it, they've rejected it, it's no use. No, people have not heard it. I know I never heard the gospel. I, I heard about it, and I wasn't really that interested. You know, I heard about it. But it wasn't until I heard it for what it really was, oh, that, that's different than I thought. I thought it was just about going to church. I thought it was just about not doing all the fun stuff I was doing and having to do a bunch of boring stuff. I didn't know it was about being delivered from the guilt of my sin. I didn't know it was about the assurance of knowing that I was going to heaven. I didn't know that it was about living in a relationship with the the God who created me, who loves me, who wants to do a work in my life on a daily basis. I didn't know any of that stuff. And when I found that out, well, that was good news. See, most people are operating out there. They, they, they think they've rejected the gospel. They've never heard the gospel. So they haven't really rejected it. And we can't fall for that thinking that they've rejected it. So the proclamation of the gospel, we must work while it is day, Jesus said. And you know, I've, I've been just recently, I've had some conversations with friends and as you look at the world, like I said earlier, and you see all the madness, and you just think, wow, what, what can we do? And it just seems like we're losing this battle and so forth. And this passage has come to mind. We must work while it is day for the night is coming when no man can work. Oh, people are saying, oh, persecution's coming, and they're gonna put you in jail, and this is gonna happen and all of that. You know what? Maybe so. But I'm gonna work while it is day. It's not night yet. It's not night yet. So as long as we've still got the day, let's just work and come what may, whatever, whatever's going to happen. We're going to just trust the Lord. If that's where it's headed, that's where it's headed. But right now, we've got open doors. Right now, we can still preach the gospel. We're not going to worry about what they might do. Oh, the FCC is going to shut you down because you, you said Jesus is the only way. Okay, well, if they do that, then what can we do? But until they do that, we're going to keep saying Jesus is the only way. We're just going to keep doing it. That's what we are called to do. So, in closing, the battle lines, I think, are being clearly drawn. And on one side, I think more clearly than ever, it's sin and it's Satan. The satanic component behind all of this is becoming more and more obvious. It's sin, it's Satan. It's the powers of darkness, but on the other side is righteousness and Christ and the kingdom of heaven. There's no neutral ground. The Bible's clear about that. There's, there's no middle ground in this war. You're either on one side or you're on the other. There's no um, zone where you can get in, and just say, hey, you know what, I'm not on either side. I don't agree with either one of these. I'm just, I'm just in this zone right here. That zone does not exist we're in a battle. We're in a war. And we need to fight. We need to, to just make the decision, I- I'm going to fight. You know, the Lord of the Rings, such a great analogy there in many ways, but such a great picture. You know, there was that temptation to just stay in the shire, Oh, because all of that stuff was so far away, and you know the Shire was so nice and peaceful, and there there were no problems in the Shire. What do you want to leave the Shire for and go to Mordor and do? Oh, you know that's kind of the underlying, one of the underlying thoughts there. But then there was the reminder: it would eventually come to the Shire. You see, evil will never stop unless you stop it. As someone said, the way evil advances is simply for good men to do nothing. That's all you gotta do because evil has a a power all of its own. It's imperialistic. It'll take over everything. And the only way it won't is if somebody says no, it stops here. And we do that. We're the ones that are called to do that in the culture today. You know, to, I, I am absolutely astounded at the betrayal of this culture by some leaders. I'm, I'm just astounded at how politicians have just completely sold out for their ideologies and for their positions and things. And they've sold the, the next generations completely down the tube. And somebody has to say, no, that's wrong. That's still wrong. It's always been wrong. It's always going to be wrong. We don't care what you say, it's wrong. We gotta do that. And it won't be the popular thing to do, and it might cost us dearly in the long run, but but we've gotta do it. Jesus did that for us. He stood in the gap. It's time for us to stand. It's time for us to stand for our families, for our children, for our marriages for our God, for his kingdom, we've got to do it. So God help us to do it. I want to close with a quote from Charles Spurgeon. We began with a quote from Tozer, closing with a quote from Spurgeon. It's a good, it's a good sermon. They were both great preachers. Spurgeon said this, or in response, Spurgeon was the great Victorian preacher in London Spurgeon, when asked on the spur of the moment to say a few words to some Bible students, said this. Well, men, I have nothing to say to you except this. Whenever you see the devil, have a shot at him. I like that. Have a shot at him. Wherever you see him at work, have a shot at the devil because, of course, he's shooting at you. If you see sin, he says, call it what it is. Boy, in, in our day, that's what we have got to do that. We got to call it what it is. No, no, that's sin. I'm sorry. That hurts your feelings, but it's just the reality, it's sin. Uh, we don't do it hatefully. But of course, in our environment today, if just saying it is hateful in the minds of some people. But we need to call sin sin. He said, if you see doubt, seek to expel it. If you, you see darkness, Bring the light to bear upon it. Take a shot at the devil this week. Where you see his activity, take a shot at it. Pray against that. If you have an opportunity, open your mouth, speak up. Stand for the Lord. We're in a spiritual battle. And it's not getting any less challenging or difficult. It's only getting more challenging and more difficult, but by the grace of God, we will stand.
0: And now let's join Pastor Brian in the
1: studio as he shares about this month's resource on Back to Basics. I want to tell you about one of my favorite biographies. I love biographies. And this book is so fantastic. It's called Out of the Black Shadows. And it's the story of a young man named Stephen Lungu. And let me just read you an excerpt from the back of the book. It says, instead of throwing bombs, he stayed to listen. What followed was better than fiction. So young man... In Rhodesia, Africa, who comes into a tent meeting as a terrorist intending to blow everybody up and instead hears the gospel and this takes him on a journey throughout the rest of his life to proclaim the gospel to his people in Africa. So, I love this book. I read it years ago. It's just been republished and that's Out of the Black Shadows and that's by Stephen Lungu and Anne Coombs with a foreword by Patrick Johnston, who was the evangelist preaching at the time when he attempted to burn down the tent. So check this book out. I think you're going to love it.
0: Again, this month's resource is a book titled Out of the Black Shadows by Stephen Lungu with Ann Coombs. You can order the book Out of the Black Shadows by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it, and then click on the Donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book, Out of the Black Shadows, by Stephen Lungu and Ann Coombs. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com